You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. If you like this episode and want to catch up on any previous episodes you've missed or subscribe for future episodes, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. On today's episode, I wanted to talk about season expectations for a number of players. We're going to cover guys who I think are doing just fine and don't really need to improve their game, some players that I expect huge improvements from, and those who actually just need to pick up their game, period, because we know that they're capable of a lot more and we really haven't seen their best. Let's talk about the guys who I think are going to be very good performers for this upcoming season. And the first guy who doesn't really need to change much is going to be Nikolai Ehlers. When it comes to players who consistently create even-strength offense, who drive transition, who create great scoring and passing lanes, and who possess an IQ that's simply above most of their peers, Ehlers fits that mold perfectly. He's a guy who's really dynamic on the puck, and because he consistently creates so much space and dominates possession of the puck, he actually does have a significant defensive impact. He does track back pretty aggressively, likes to get in the mix of things, and isn't afraid to get physical. Sometimes he's dropped the gloves and maybe he shouldn't be doing that, but for the most part, this is a guy who understands his role perfectly and plays with a more offensive edge. But, you know, I don't really know that he actually has to do much more than he's already done so far throughout his career. I think that the uh, the counting stats look great. His scoring chance creation continues to excel. He's very good and responsible with the puck, especially when he needs to control possession and create transition options and, you know, seek out better outlets. And he's just a really well-rounded, versatile player all around. Whether he's dominating at even strength or creating opportunities on the power play, Ehlers is the guy you just turn to when you need somebody to give you a really nice, really strong offensive spark. The only thing that I would like to see a little bit more from him is if he does get more power play time, I do think that uh, a few more shots on goal wouldn't be remiss. I think that he's got the release, and certainly the second power play unit has typically not had much scoring talent for the most part compared to the first unit. Now, it's not like the second unit is particularly bad or anything, but oftentimes we see a lot of pass-first players on that unit, and I think that because there aren't many trigger men, you know, uh, Ehlers might be a little bit more selfish. Overall, though, I don't really have any complaints about his game. I I think Nick has done a fantastic job so far in his current tenure as a Jets player. And if, like, the biggest knock is that maybe he isn't, you know, as effective on the power play as some of the other players, I don't really think that that's much of a criticism to get worried about. Slick Nick really is a special kid, and I I think that, you know, for the duration of his career with Winnipeg, we're just going to continue to see him excel so long as he stays healthy. The other guy that I don't really think needs to improve all that much is Connor Hellebuck. I think it's very difficult to do much more than he did last season, which was basically carry Winnipeg's entire carcass of a defense into the postseason. You know, I, I get that the Jets were pretty undermanned, but I think, you know, tactically speaking, Winnipeg also put a lot more pressure on Hellebuck, especially when it came to a lot of net front chaos and sheer scoring chance volume. 
For sure, it's it's clear that the Jets did limit scoring chances to a very specific part of the crease. But when it all, you know when all of it's directly in front of you, when there's a ton of mass uh, in terms of like skater bodies right in front of you, there's a lot of confusion in traffic, and players don't really clear the the crease as much as they should. Hellebuck actually had a very difficult task ahead of him. He was one of the leaders in goals saved above replacement, and uh, because of his defensive contributions as a netminder was also one of the highest-rated goals-above-replacement players, period. You know, this guy just stopped so many pucks and saved this team time and time again. I don't know how many wins he was worth, but I would say that, you know, at least a handful would be pretty fair. I mean, this dude seriously added a number of standing points to Winnipeg's roster last year. And there aren't many players that I can personally attest to being that good. I think that what we saw with him was tremendous. I think that, you know, it'd be very difficult for him to repeat that level of success this season. I think with him, what I would like him to do is to try to to get back to those standards of being like a Vezina caliber player. He doesn't need to be, though. I think that if he's, you know, at least above average and, and, you know, moving more towards the very good side of above average, I would be pretty pleased. I don't think that he has to be perfect. It's one of the situations where the Jets really need to give him a little bit more support and he needs to do enough to keep the team competitive, and I'll be mostly satisfied with that. You know, he is getting paid quite a bit of cash, so I would like him to be pretty far above league average in the upper tier of goaltenders, possibly in even elite territory. But when you're facing the same teams repeatedly, I think it does get a little bit complicated and tricky sometimes to repeat those excellent performances time and time again. And obviously, Hellebuck is, well, he's proven that he does have a couple of inconsistent streaks here and there. Sometimes his form starts to dip and, you know, there are weird bad habits that he develops over time. But hopefully he's kind of ironed those out. If he's as good as he was last season, the Jets could really make some noise in the postseason. The only other player I could say that I don't really need anything more from is Dylan DeMello. I think that his presence alone has been a tremendous force in stabilizing this back end. I think a lot of people underrate just how useful he is in calmly intercepting plays, positioning himself in advance of of where trouble is coming from so he can silence it before it even makes uh, even the first step in, in that pathway. And then he springs counters and breakouts out of that. I think that that is particularly special for a player of his type and really on the contract that he's on. I think that he provides tremendous value to this team, especially because Winnipeg doesn't have many puck-carrying defenders who are also smart enough to recognize when they're in trouble, how to navigate out of that trouble, and having the tool sets to actually get themselves out of trouble. There's like three different phases of the whole process, and every single phase happens in a very short period of time, so it's actually fairly rare that a really good defender comes along who executes in all three steps. DeMello is that guy, and I think he was immediately noticeable as Winnipeg's best overall well-rounded defender when he arrived to the Jets last season, and I expect him to do it again this year. Unless Morrissey somehow recovers his, you know, uh, true before, I would say, I just don't see many avenues for uh, better defenders to really arrive for the Jets. I think DeMello is the guy. I think he'll be Winnipeg's best skater on the back end. He's shown that he can be a really dominant force when he's in possession of the puck. And it'd be cool to get a few more points out of him. Maybe like a 20-point season wouldn't be too bad, right? Speaking of things that are not too bad, there are some players who I think are actually a little closer to bad than they should be in in specific categories for the most part, and we'll talk about what players uh, on this list, or Santa's naughty list, I guess, I'd like to see improvements from coming next season and, and beyond. I think that these guys are all capable of being better than they've shown, and maybe we see a little bit of a uh, a role change for some of them, at least, to get them back to where they need to be. Before then, though, I wanted to tell you a little bit about the wonderful folks at betonline.ag. For those of you who are NFL fans, I'm sure you're 
are all salivating for Wild Card Weekend, which is this weekend and features plenty of great playoff teams currently vying for a higher seed in the postseason picture. Can the Baltimore Ravens finally defeat their playoff demons and oust the Tennessee Titans? Will the Cleveland Browns see off the Pittsburgh Steelers from the same division? If you think you know and want to put your money where your mouth is, there's only one online betting site that's safe, trusted, reliable, and has all the betting lines, point spreads, and parlays you could want. Head on over to betonline.ag and create a free account today, and when you do, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Whether you want to lay a bet on who the next Stanley Cup champ is, who might make it out of the wild card weekend for the NFL, or even some early predictions for the NBA season, BetOnline is your one-stop fix. Don't forget, when you create a free account today, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Before I tell you a little bit about some of the upcoming season players from the Jets that I'd like to see have much better years than they did over the past couple of seasons, I wanted to let you know that I think you should be listening to Locked on Bets. 2020 is mercifully over and it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Speaking of placing bets, I'd like to place a bet on a couple of players that I expect to be much better this season. Or at least I hope they're better, and in this case I'm talking about uh, a couple of guys in particular. I think Mark Shifley spearheads this group, and Shifley I think knows that his game over the past couple of seasons probably hasn't been as good as it needs to be. Defensively, Shifley just kind of stopped for a couple of years, and it's really been a, a bit of a plummet off the deep end into, I don't know, I don't really know where his game is at other than he's become more of a shooting type of center, which for me is a little bit troubling. Inside the offensive zone, I really don't have that many complaints. I would like to see him being a, uh, you know, more of a puck distributor than just a pure shooter. I, I think that he has plenty of great distribution qualities. I think that his forechecking ability is very strong. His ability to navigate space is great. So as like a primary offensive catalyst, I think he's sort of wasted if he's being used more like a sniper because a lot of his goals come from being a, a pass first or, or a space creator, and then it unlocks spaces where he can get into to surprise goalies with his release. A lot of his, you know, goal scoring prowess comes from his initial setup play, and I think that that's something that, you know, hasn't been as strong as it's been in the past. Now, overall, his offensive production is still very high, and I'm not really concerned about that, but where I think he needs massive improvement is in his defensive game. He used to be a really strong two-way center, and he was very defensively responsible. He tried to man-mark. He did have some trouble with, like, man-zone coverage, which I, I'm not surprised by. I think that that's very complicated for a lot of players to try and get used to, but even still, I just noticed Shifley over the past couple of years not really doing much in the way of, of positioning himself, marking his guys, and really being physical. I think that there's a couple of issues with the way that he's engaging in his man-marking situations. He doesn't really attack the opponent. He's not really looking to box them out effectively. And, like, his body language just doesn't look very good. It's one of those situations where I feel like he's not really trying as much on defense as he used to which I don't know if that's like a thing that he's been told to do, if he's a little bit upset and he's just not really wanting to put as much effort into it, mixture of both. It's probably more like both. I think that there are issues on both sides of it, but I don't know. I just want Shifley to be a more dominant top-line center. I think that for the amount of, of work that he's shown in the past and how good he has been, 
the fact that he's kind of fallen off in terms of his overall impact on the game and the ability to control the ice is a little bit strange. It's not like every center is going to have, you know, year after year top end seasons, but we've seen Shifley capable of so much more. He can easily take over a game anytime he feels like it. That has become a lot more passive in terms of his overall play is is not the best way to make the, the most of his value, and I feel like the Jets aren't leveraging enough of what he really brings. Of course, he's not the only player on the top line that I still have concerns about, and I think defensively especially, uh, Kyle Connor for me needs to do more. Now, I get that Kyle is a guy who's mostly looking for goal scoring, which, you know, if that's your one thing that you really bring, it's a very valuable skill. Obviously, people have said in the past it's the most important part of hockey, and that's really true. I mean, goal scoring is super important, but I think by the same token, you have to be at least a little bit defensively responsible because you want to prevent your opponents from, you know, immediately sinking one past you and putting your teammates in a bad spot, which I think Connor doesn't really do enough in that area. If you're on a line, you need to at least have some responsibility because you're ultimately a part of the build-up play and creating counters and breakouts, and Kyle doesn't always do that. I think a lot of times when he's inside the defensive zone, he's in the right areas for the most part, but he doesn't actually do anything when he's there. You know, he sort of stands around, shifts around, and then looks for like a cheated pass up the up the wings or something, or tries to break out rapidly, which I don't really think you should be doing if you're spending as much time in the defensive zone as Winnipeg is. I get that going up the ice to the opposing net is the most direct and efficient route to creating offense, but if you're the Jets and you don't really have a whole lot of back-end speed, then guys like Kyle Connor really are going to struggle in the system. Connor needs a lot of support, and I think that that's something that right now he's not really capable of getting, and he can't give enough support himself. When he's in the other end, I don't really have any complaints other than occasionally he overcooks a couple of routes and maybe uh, doesn't quite make the right play. Sometimes I wouldn't mind if he makes a pass instead of taking a low percentage shot, but I do get why he does it. He is a sniper and shooter shoot, so, you know, it's, it's one of those things where... I do have to slightly knock him for it, but I also can't that much because it's what he's really good at. By the same token, though, I just feel like overall his game is a little bit too, I don't want to say meat and potatoes, but maybe it's just lacking a little bit of nuance that would take him to the next level. It's very good as is, especially at creating lots of even strength and power play goals, but that next level for him, I just feel like we haven't seen it yet, and it's something that in in many ways kind of limits just how much you can use him. I think Maurice tends to see him as really fast and really good at scoring, which kind of, for him, papers over a lot of his shortcomings. But for the rest of us, I feel like we can kind of see that if he's on a line where you have players who aren't really uh, really active creators, especially at even strength, he can't really be the one to carry that load. He's better as a finisher and as somebody who can basically get in behind uh, defensive organizations and whatnot, but he needs somebody to help him get there. And I think that that's part of, you know, the next level for Kyle is to hit that stage where he can essentially carry himself and create when his line mates are maybe struggling a little bit more. It would add a lot more offensive threat to this team and make him a more versatile forward that you can use in multiple situations. I don't think that that's going to happen this year. I would love to, but I think for the most part, Kyle at this point, he's probably a finished product, and it's probably not changing anytime soon. In a little bit, we'll close out with some players that I think might surprise you for reasons you maybe aren't anticipating. But before we get ahead of ourselves, I wanted to tell you about the recent relaunch of Bill Bar. 
If you're a longtime listener of this podcast, by now you know I'm a big fan of Built Bar, and if you've never had one, it's a protein bar that's more like a candy bar with a dark chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. If you want to try their original flavors, I highly recommend raspberry and mint brownie, but if you can't decide, be sure to try out their variety box so you get the best of both worlds. Like any great company, though, Built isn't content to rest on its laurels and is back and better than ever with a new and improved formula and six new flavors, including carrot cake, apple almond crisp, lemon almond cheesecake, cherry barcia, cookies and cream, and caramel brownie. If these flavors make your mouth water, and let's be honest, who wouldn't want one? Then you'll be pleased to know that as good as Built Bars taste, they're even better for you. With most clocking in at 200 calories or less, between 15 to 19 grams of protein, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, Built Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber, so they're perfect for keto diets as well as weight loss and weight maintenance programs. To place your order, just visit BuiltBar.com, and when you're checking out, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, when you're checking out, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. If you have stuck with us this far, thank you so much for listening. We have been discussing what we might expect from the upcoming season and who needs to step up to the plate, who's doing just fine. And now we're going to talk about what players might surprise you for maybe good, maybe not so good reasons. Let's start off with our captain, Blake Wheeler. I don't know what we're going to see from him this year. I think if he plays a lot of first line minutes again, it could be a little bit tough. As you've seen over the past couple of years, he's definitely slowing down. And while he does have a pretty positive defensive impact just because he's a big dude, he can kind of mark out guys, um, and to be honest, he's not as aggressive offensively as he used to be, it does mean that that even-strength offense that we know him for, and especially his dominant inside cuts towards the net and his physical scoring prowess, have not really been a presence. If he's able to recover any of that form this season, I think he could be an offensive surprise. I think he could be, you know, at least a... uh, I don't know, close to a point-per-game kind of player. He's on a line where there's a lot of scoring potential, so if he's able to get those passes off, um, maybe turn over and and stop fumbling the puck a little bit, maybe he can be more of a positive influence on that even-strength offense. I I just feel like over the past couple of seasons, he's just not able to keep up as much, and if he gets his minutes dropped down a bit, I think it would actually be better for the team as a whole and for Blake to kind of get more into the flow and not be as exhausted. They run him ragged, man. Like, they give him a ton of minutes, and I feel like even if he wants those amount of minutes, I just don't know if he's as capable of keeping up as he used to be. He plays a very demanding role. He's logged a lot of miles on those legs, and eventually it does catch up with you. As far as a positive surprise goes, I would expect Janssen Harkins to continue to be very effective. I think that in his role, he's been given uh, plenty of opportunities to impress, and for the most part, he's actually run with them. I like the way that he has a very industrious nature, but it's actually impactful. It's not like a usual depth player who, you know, skates around but doesn't know how to direct that energy. Harkins actually brings a good deal of skill, and that skill has allowed him to get into really good scoring positions to make some really nice passes, a couple of dangerous shots. I could easily see him carving out a regular middle six role, and maybe eventually he starts to show that there's more to him than just being like a depth player. Maybe he's somebody who eventually works himself into the top six. He has a lot of traits that, uh, you know, a coach like Maurice likes, but he's actually not, you know, a, a bad player. He's actually very skilled. And so I like that from a perspective of I like players who are efficient, smart, and actually capable of executing plays at a higher level than what you're looking for from most grinders. In terms of not-so-great surprises, I do think Josh Morrissey is going to have another down year. I I don't know if he's really capable of being a top-pairing D without a guy like Jacob Truba, and he's going to be paired with most likely Tucker Pullman if things hold. 
They, of course, tried Sami Niku in camp with him, but that's not something that appears to be sticking around. Pullman was taking reps with Morrissey today, and I just don't see how that pairing is going to work. I think Pullman really needs to be put in more like a third pairing role because I think in the top pairing role he does have issues, especially against a lot of really higher-end competition and logging a lot of minutes. Morrissey needs a partner who is more offensively dominant on the puck and controls the ice when he's inside the offensive zone because Morrissey is more of like a secondary D, somebody who cleans up and, and essentially manages more of the details if the other partner ends up overcommitting or something. We saw that Morrissey, even if he wasn't entirely healthy, uh, you know, I think that the main takeaway was that he just wasn't really ready for this number one role yet, and I'm not sure he's going to be this year. I think it'd be a lot to ask of him, and Winnipeg needs to start figuring out if Heinle is going to be that guy or if they need to start seeking help elsewhere. I think as far as like the last uh, surprise is concerned, I do expect that Vinny Heinle is going to somehow make this team. I think he has to. I mean, honestly, this Jet squad doesn't really have enough defensive depth as it is, and Heinle, I don't know, man, I think he's ready. Maybe they send him back to Finland or something if he uses up his six games and they feel they want to push the contract back one year so that they don't burn this extra year. But you know what, man? I feel like he's ready. He needs to get NHL reps, and I don't really know if, if he's in the plan, if, if Maurice is thinking he's going to be there, but I think the Jets really need to turn to him. In a pandemic year in which you have a shortened season, which would be very uh, obviously impactful on a player's development, I think you need to give a guy like Heinola as much... Uh, you know, top-level ice time as possible. He's proven all he can overseas. I think the AHL is probably not going to be that great for him either. Bring him up to the NHL and see what he's got. He seems like he's so close to being ready if he's not already, and I think that that's going to be a big deal for this Jets team when they're looking for at really an in-house defensive solution. This kid checks off every tick box I'm looking for on a modern high-end D, and the Jets frankly need him. Let me know if you agree and if you think that the Jets should be bringing in guys like Heinola and maybe even Sandberg if he can prove himself in camp. And if you have any surprises you want to predict, let me know at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. That's going to do it for tonight's episode. Be sure to check out the rest of the weekly episodes from our show where we'll be covering all of the Winnipeg-related stuff heading up to this upcoming season. Maybe even doing one or two crossover episodes with some of our other locked-on NHL hosts to try and preview some of the upcoming early games that will face the Jets in the early part of the season. Before you sign off, be sure to check out Locked On NHL. This week on the Locked On NHL podcast, get ready for the start of the regular season with Sarah Evampato and the Locked On NHL season preview series. Included are previews of all 31 NHL teams, division by division, and who to pick up and drop in your fantasy leagues, courtesy of Locked On Fantasy Hockey host Scott Cullen. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your favorite podcasts. As always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go!